have a hard time, like, uh, knowing which team to root for? Some of you don't, do you? Anybody have, like, two favorite teams? Nobody? Thank you. See? There's my friend, Trina, back there. I said, where's your jersey? She goes, I didn't. I, there's, I, it, listen, it's a long story. <laughs> so, growing up, I haven't, you, you guys know, I'm from Oklahoma. But so, my mom and my sister went to OU. My dad and my brother went to OSU. I've always, I went to a college that didn't have a football team, so I've always had both of these, but since this is going to be in the SEC next year, I thought I'd let y'all know where I stand, <laughs> and then we'll just go for, oh, how many of y'all were like, Kristen, Ohio State, oh, this is probably like the, <laughs> this is probably like the worst judgy day to go to church. <laughs> People are like, I thought I knew you. If you happen to be here for the first time, hello, and we're glad that you're here, and this happens to be favorite team day, and um, I'm sorry if you didn't get the memo or didn't know, but you can, you can turn to your neighbor and tell them who you root for if you want to. Um, so let's just remove this. It's not like it's like some holy like altar covering or something, but I had to do it for all my Oklahoma friends that watch from, from home, so... Um, so we are, in, oh, Happy New Year also. Happy New Year. Haven't seen y'all in a year. Justin did it, so I had to do it as well. Romans chapter 10 is where our text is for today, okay? Romans chapter 10. Um, and what today is, um, I would call it like a pre-launch. It's like the preparation for the launch for a series that we're going to start next week, but today is very intentional. We actually even said we're going to call it Favorite Team Day because there's a theme behind this that I want us to grasp before we move in, like officially into the series we're going to be in starting next week. And the series is going to take us all the way to Easter. Um, and the series is based on um, what I what I'm na- I've named this. I, I'm naming this season for our church. I'm. I'm taking that uh, responsibility, leadership as, as your lead pastor to, to name the season that we are in. And, and the season that we are in is a season of invitation. A season of invitation. And when you look in the New Testament, specifically at the things that Jesus says and the way in which he interacts with people, you look at the accounts of Jesus Um, you see invitation in just about everything he says and does. And so for the next many weeks, we are going to be uh, sharing with you how we see Jesus inviting, what did that look like, and and how then do we live that out. Now, I do want to say this about invitation. Um, I think it's important for us to note, when we talk about invitation, we're not talking about an invitation to be against something or against someone. Unfortunately, Christians are often considered to be an antagonist. And often when we think about who we are, a lot of people from the outside looking in are like, well, you're against this and you're against that and you're against that. And, and you know, teams. Who's your favorite team and, and all that. Let, let me put it in a, in a team format. Um, Let's say Bulldogs are your team, okay? I was waiting for a bark from somebody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's use Georgia as an example, okay? Um, 
you diehard Georgia fans, and I could be wrong here, but I'm just going to go out on a limb. You did not develop a love for all things black and red because you couldn't stand Florida. You weren't like one day going, man, I hate Florida, so, so therefore I'm going to be a Georgia fan. You did, that's not how that works, right? You didn't decide because of your hatred, you didn't decide to love Georgia. You with me? Right? Like if you despise Alabama, right? You didn't, you're not. <laughs> like I said, such a polarizing day. Just, just because you despise Alabama, you didn't so much so go, you know, I guess I'm just going to be a Georgia fan. Now, it, no, it's because you're, you're for Georgia, right? You, that's your team. That's the team you've chosen. That's like, you're, I'm going to root for them. Maybe, maybe you went to school there. Maybe your family's always gone to school there. Maybe you just have always loved them, but you're like, no, this is who I'm for. And then because you're for them, then there's some teams that maybe you don't like every now and then, but we'll leave that there. So here's to be clear, when we're talking about in our faith, when we talk about invitation, when we talk about this, it's, we're talking about an invitation for people to hear about and experience Jesus Christ and to prayerfully hope that they will call on his name. But our responsibility is to offer invitation to people. Not about what we're against, but who we're for. Invitation. So the invitation is important, right? Here, let me give another team-related example. Um, if someone gave you four tickets to your favorite team's championship game, right? whether that's the 50-yard line or courtside seats or behind home plate or some fancy schmancy box, you know, but they gave you four tickets to your favorite team's championship game, would you go alone and leave three seats unused? That, exactly. <laughs> would just two of you go and you leave two seats unused? Would you... Would, I'm so glad the porch kids are here today. Would you, would, you, would you go three and leave one unused? And shame on you if you think you're going to sell them. So if you just lean to your partner and said, I'm going to sell them. If someone gave you four tickets to the championship game, you're going. And guess what? You're not going by yourself and going, wow, I've got four whole seats to myself. No, you're inviting people to come with you to experience the championship. And you're going to be super excited about it. Like, can't contain excitement about it. Invitation, porch community. Invitation. So we're in the season of invitation. Just this past week, Wednesday through Friday, 55,000 18 to 25-year-olds filled the bins. Some of them are here. 55,000 young adults were worshiping God together at the Passion Conference. Uh, Call on Heaven, was that the theme? Passion Conference has been around since like 97, and they're, they're, um, it's an incredible catalyst for, for young adults and, and drawing them in and inspiring them and, 
and, and then taking that and, and going out. But here, here's what I want. I'm mentioning that for a reason. Like they, they gather 55,000 people calling on the name of Jesus. And with the Passion Conference, here's what they've always said from the very beginning when they started, that their whole purpose is this. What matters most is the name and renown of Jesus. The name and the renown of Jesus. What matters most? Can you imagine 55,000 young adults going back to their campuses, going back to their homes across the United States and other countries, inspired to lift up and renown the, the name and renown of Jesus? You don't, you don't have to imagine it. It's, it's a reality. But lift up the name and renown of Jesus. That's invitation material, friends. That's what that's about. That's about invitation. That's about lifting up the name of Jesus. And Romans chapter 10 shows us the importance of invitation. So like I said, we're going to look starting next week at some specific ways that Jesus invited. And how does that look for us to inspire us, for us to accept the invitation? But then how do we live that out and offer it? But today we're in Romans chapter 10. This is the pre-getting us ready. I'm going to start in verse 13. It says this. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Invitation. If we look at this passage actually backwards, what and we're going to do that together, we're going to see it like a five-step progression of the invitation. Okay? So first of all, looking at the last part of this passage where it says, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Here's the first step in this progression of the invitation, is first, we need to know there's good news. We need to know that there's good news. The person offering an invitation should, I mean, does anyone want to go to something that someone's like, hey, would you like to go? How would you, you want to, you want to come to this thing? I don't like, no, none of us want an uninspired, a, a lack of joy, lack of excitement. Like, none of us want to receive that kind of invitation. So we need to know there's good news. And then in the, the second part of verse 15, I mean, it's there. How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news before we ever invite we ourselves have got to know, we have got to believe that we've got good news to share. We've got good news to share. And here's the good news. Jesus came to save 
you from your sin. That's really good news. And if you, if you know that news, like you're going, I know that. I knew the answer to that one. I think it might be good for us to kind of run that back through our heart and our mind right now. Because I wonder if some of us have kind of lost our enthusiasm. We've lost our excitement. We've lost our joy. We've lost our purpose. And we're going, uh, yeah, I mean, it is good news, but I really don't have much to say about it. That's, that, that's scary for me when I feel unenthused about the gospel. And so we need to know there's good news. We need to be reminded there's good news. We need that. We need that infusion of joy and understanding. And, and friends, that's a heart thing. That's a mind thing. That's a, yes, yes, Jesus, you have saved me. Thank you, God, that you want to be in relationship with me. The good news is that in spite of myself, you love me. And you call me to a life of purpose and hope. And I need to be excited about that. I need to, God, forgive me. I've lost my joy in the good news. So we've got to start understanding that there is good news. And here's the thing. The good news isn't something we keep to ourselves. We don't, we don't waste those tickets, right? We don't waste those other three tickets. No. Just as Jesus sent out his first disciples to invite others to hear the good news, that, that invitation from Jesus continues today to us to share the good news. So the first step here, looking in Romans 10, is that there is good news and we need to uh, re-engage with that. We need to understand that. We need to be excited about that. There is good news. And then secondly, working backwards in this, in this passage, uh, in the last part of verse 14 is that we need to understand this we are sent to tell others the good news of Jesus we're sent to tell other people again not keeping it to ourselves the verse says and how can they hear about him unless someone tells them we got to tell people we got to tell people this good news listen if someone gave you four tickets to go to your team's championship game, you're telling people about it. Now, you're probably like, I'm not going to tell too many people because they're all going to be wanting one of those other tickets. But you're going to let people know, right? We're supposed to tell others. I think about this. I was thinking about this the other day. I think about the people who offered the invitation for me to know who Jesus was by telling me about him. And I'm sure I'm not making, this list is not complete, but, I, but these are the ones that immediately popped into my mind. And I know you have some of these as well. My very first one I can think of was uh, my babysitter. She ran like a daycare out of her home. Um, and her name was Miss Elaine. Miss Elaine. And as a little, little, little kid, she taught me songs about Jesus. And see, I didn't go to a, a church that sang a lot of what many of you know is like the standards, right? The Jesus Loves Me and Deep and Wide and some of those songs. I didn't go to a church that sang those or knew those, so I didn't know them. I learned those from my babysitter. 
And those songs told me about Jesus. And it's, it's interesting because I had another Miss Elaine come along in my life, and she taught my catechism classes at St. Benedict's Catholic Church. And she told me about Jesus. And she, I remember when she would get out um, a Bible, which we didn't often do in Mass, but in, in the catechism classes, and she would look at a chapter and, a, and a, a, a book and a chapter and a verse, and I thought I was so amazed that you could look up specifically something in the Bible. My mom gave me a picture Bible when I was about nine or ten. It was like comic strip version. Like, like a, we would call them graphic novel type today. As a young adult waiting tables, my friend, Carrie. And then after getting to know her, her parents, Randy and Connie. These are people who offered the invitation, telling me about Jesus. And it wasn't a, Shannon, you've got to get saved right now. It wasn't that kind of thing. It was, let me tell you about Jesus. It was learn this song, read this verse. It was these influences that were happening in my life. Each one of them, as Romans 10, 14 says, listen, they were sent to tell me the good news. A babysitter, I want put your see if you land in any of these categories, okay? Because sometimes you hear about the invitation, you're like, I don't do the invitation thing. I don't, I don't invite people. I don't know. My relationship with God is personal and private. Just the fact that I'm even here in a group of people is a miracle in and of itself. But listen, a babysitter, a volunteer, a teacher, a parent, a friend, and some mature believers. They had influence on me. You probably fall into one of those categories. Don't, don't miss that, porch community. Don't miss that. You, you, you probably fit into one of those. You could be one of those. You are one of those to some people. And if you are a believer, you have been sent to tell the good news, to let people know, to tell them about it. So here we go. First step of inviting is that we ourselves need to remember that we've got good news to share, Jesus. And secondly, we need, we need to accept that as a believer, we're sent to tell other people the good news of Jesus. And then third, it's just the natural progression here is what the middle of verse 14 says. How can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? So, so they will hear. That's the third step. So they will hear of him and believe in him. We got to know there's good news. We're sent to tell it so people will hear about it. Before, before someone can ever believe, they need to hear. Most people, many people, have to hear a lot before they ever believe. I heard of Jesus throughout my life, through these examples. I heard of him. I actually believed that Jesus was the Son of God. I believed that there was a God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit somewhere as a 10 or 12-year-old. But I didn't surrender to him then. Which brings us to the, the fourth step in this, in this progression of the invitation we see in Romans chapter 10. Because the fourth step is this, is so that people will call on Jesus to save them. See, I heard, 
And I actually believed, but it wasn't until I was 24 that I called on the name of Jesus, that I put it all together. I put all the invitations and all the information that I had received and that I understood. And when I was 24, I called on the name of Jesus. Someone else can't call on the name of Jesus for me. Someone cannot call on the name of Jesus for you. They can love you a whole, whole lot. And they can teach you like the best of them. But we each have to call on the name of Jesus. I had to call on him. As believers, we invite. That's what we do. We invite Jesus saves. Okay? We, we invite Jesus saves. That takes, doesn't that take pressure off of us? We just got to offer the invitation. We just got to be people who invite and trust that God in his time, in his way, will work. So we invite brings us to the first part of verse 14, and we're working backwards here, right? So we know that first we got to understand there's good news. we got to believe it. And then we're sent to tell other people about it so that they will hear of him and believe in him, and then, the, and then so that they will call on Jesus to save them. And then here we go. How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? Why must each person call on Jesus? Why? Why should that happen? So that we can be saved. See, I had information as a younger person. I had good information. I had right information. I had holy information. But I had to believe. And when I believed, I had to call on the name of Jesus so that I would be saved. Miss Elaine couldn't save me. My mom, my friend Carrie, her parents, like these people that invited. No, God did the work. Verse 13, so we can be saved is the, the step of the progression. Verse 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's the promise from God. Again, that takes pressure off of us. We just do the inviting. We just do the inviting. You know, we, we set today up as favorite team day to have a little fun, sure, but, but really to highlight this idea that we have this incredible invitation to offer others. And it's better than going to the championship game. It's better. It's better than going to a championship game. And it's an invitation. It's not a competition. It's an invitation. Christianity is not about being against others or other beliefs. It's not about setting ourselves up against the world. It's about setting our hearts, about setting our minds, our souls for Jesus. We are for Jesus. We're not against the world. We're for Jesus. So our stance for Jesus should not be a passive position. It should be active. It should be courageous. It should involve speaking truth in love. Truth in love. Standing firm in our faith so that when we offer an invitation, we're not standing on shaky ground in the process. We should, standing for Jesus in a way, we're, we're living in such a way that the transformative power of Christ is evident in us. 
right? So our goal as Christians is not to win arguments or debates. Our goal is to invite so that Jesus will win hearts. We invite others into the love we have found, into the the forgiveness we have found, into the peace we experience, into that hope that we hold. That's the invitation. And, And good or bad, take it or leave it, whether you like it or not, God's primary agent, God's primary vehicle for inviting people to know him has been the church, the church. And so the reason or the season that we're in as the Porch Community Church is a season of invitation. We've got the very best news to share. The very best news to share. 12 weeks from today is Easter. And as my good friend, your media pastor, Josh Harrell calls it, it is the Super Bowl of Sundays in the church world. 12 weeks from today. Some of you are going, oh my goodness, we just got out of Christmas. Thanks. 12 weeks. Hey, that's also around spring break. Okay, so teachers, you got it. Here's what I'm, I'm, I'm going to put some, I want to put some legs on this, okay? I want us to put some, some reality into this. From now until then, 12 weeks. This is, this is your locker room speech here now. I want to invite you to invite people to engage with God. You have good news to share. You have good news to share. I want, I hope, I, my desire is that every ministry partner of the porch, adults, young adults, students, porch kids, I want you to invite people to know Jesus. I want you to tell him ab- people about Jesus. And the focus is on the invitation to invite people to engage with God. And you know that how that happens? It happens like when you are volunteering and working with kids. It happens when you are the, the, the babysitter or the teacher or the parent or uh, the friend, the coworker, right? That's how it happens. It's over coffee. It's, it's across a table at a meal. It's at someone's house. It's, sometimes it's these text conversations where you've got a friend who's like, I, I really need some advice. I need, a, I need a, some direction. And you're like, oh, this is, a, this is an opportunity for me to offer an invitation to point people to Jesus, to invite them to know Jesus. I want us to be people who invite Home, church, work, socially, the invitation happens anywhere, everywhere. Now, to help you out with a little bit of inviting, there's a a list of opportunities that I want to share with you quickly for you to invite people to experience Jesus sometime between now and Easter. I have a, a friend that uh, leads a ginormous church up in Illinois. And um, he, he did this whole thing. I mean, it's a big church. He's like, I want 500 people in our church out of a couple of thousand to commit to invite people for a whole year. 
And what he meant by invite people, it was you invite a new, one new person every week of the year. So he's like, you do that, that's, that's 52 people you've invited. And, and of those 52, maybe, maybe 10 come. And of those 10, maybe one stays. And I mean, he did the whole statistic thing and worked it all the way down. Wow. I thought, well, you know what, let's just look at just between now and Easter, 12 weeks. What does that look like for us to be people intentionally where we are, where we work, where we live, where we go to school, where we are on teams and and where we do all the things that we do that we love to do and some of the things we don't really like to do that much, but we got to do them anyway. Wherever we find ourselves, here are these 12 weeks in front of us before Easter and we've got good news to share. We've got good news to share. But here's a couple of opportunities I want to kind of put on a platter for you. If you're going, I don't know, what do I invite people? What, am I, what is it? Well, first of all, you're sitting in it right now, and it's invite people to worship. Invite people to come to worship with you. Invite people to come. Invite people to your community group. Invite them to come in. If you're not in one, invite someone to go to a community group with you. Like, check that out. Students, parents of students, Sunday nights, our students are here on campus from 6 to 8 p.m. Invite. Students, invite your friends. Invite those that you, your classmates. Invite them. Parents, you got a student who's been like, I don't know. They're all kind of weird. Just look at your kid and say, you're weird too. Go. That's, is that okay to do, Justin? I think so. Invitation. Sometime over the next 12 weeks, we're going to have a women's ministry night. Don't know all the details yet, but we're going to do it. We're going to have a men's ministry night. Don't know the details there either. I'm sure both of those involve food. Our porch kids, every Wednesday night, are here on campus from 5.30 to 7.30. Invite. Kids, invite. Um. I don't know what you're doing on Valentine's Day, but there's something really special happening that day, and it's an Ash Wednesday service. It's the 40 days before Easter, the beginning of the Lenten season. So there's your date plans right there. An amazing service. High school community groups meet every week. Thursday nights, girls, Friday morning, guys at Chick-fil-A. I mean, they all the time, there these opportunities to invite. We're going to have a Porch Kids Sunday and on that Sunday, we're going to dedicate all the babies that have been born this past year. I see some in this room right now. College students get together every Monday night at Crenshaw's house. We're going to have a student Sunday where we highlight and celebrate our student ministry. You heard we're, we're having our first ever, we're sponsoring our first ever father-daughter dance right here in the auditorium. We're going to clear everything out, and it's going to be an incredible... Listen, that, talk about an... There's an opportunity, an invitation to, bring, to, to say to someone, to a friend of yours, hey, bring your daughter and come to this dance. It's an invitation to just engage with other Christians, the invitation. And then, and then we're going to have our Easter services. Easter egg hunt happens to happen on the same day. They kind of go together. So here's the part that you play, okay, team? The TPCC team. For you to invite someone to experience God, invite someone 
to engage with the truth of the gospel. Invite someone. And I do want to, I want to speak directly to your fear of inviting real quick. I want to speak directly to your fear of rejection. I want to speak to your, your doubt. I want to speak to your apathy about inviting. Okay, I'm going to, in Jesus' name, I'm saying this. The invite is the win for you. The invite is the win. You don't save people. You simply invite people. That's all Jesus asks us to do is to invite people. And I say this in in all love, but I say it in seriousness, that not sharing Christ's invitation is not an option for a Christian. If you call yourself a believer, you should be sharing the invitation. All Christians are called to do this. And in fact, I'll say that a failure to invite people A failure to to invite people to hear the gospel, to to understand the gospel, is a failure to truly love people. You invite, then we trust the Holy Spirit of God to do everything else. It's what we do. To move in people's lives, he will shake people loose from their chains. He will wake them up from their slumber. That's the work of God through the Holy Spirit. That is the power of Jesus Christ happening. That is the power of his word. That's where that happens. Let's just, uh, uh, let's agree that it's not on us to do that. He is the one who revives weary souls. We trust God to do all these things. We invite. We are in a season of invitation. I don't do this a lot. But if you're in on this season of invitation with me, I would like you to stand because I want to pray for you. God, (laughs) thank you for Jesus. I thank you for his life. Thank you for his sacrifice. Thank you for the death he died in our place. I thank you that he has covered our sins. We are not worthy. There is not... There are not two feet on the ground in here that are worthy on our own. We thank you for Jesus. God, would you forgive us for forgetting that we've got good news to share? Forgive us, Lord. Would you wake us up from our apathy? Would you wake us up? Would you, would you uh, shake us loose from our fear? of of rejection or not having the answers. God, you just want us to be a willing vessel filled by your Holy Spirit to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We just want to speak truth and love to people. We want to let them know that we are there for them, that we listen to them, that they are seen, that they are heard. God, you do the saving. Father, would you right now 
only by it only happens by you my prayer means nothing it's what you are doing right now in the hearts of your people god but would you put inside each and every one of us a an unshakable conviction and desire for the people that we are around Lord, that we, we can't get away from it, that we, we've got to, we've got to invite, we share Jesus. Lord, would you give us a renewed hunger, um, dependency on your word, God, would you re, uh, renew our spirits, God? Would, would we worship with, a, with an understanding of how very good you are to us? That today is, is a day where we just, we are, we are gonna be filled up by you so that as we, when we go out, there is an overflow of your goodness. There is an overflow of your presence. There is an overflow of you, not us, you. God, you know the hearts of every person that chose to stand. And I just pray, Lord, now that you give them conviction. share the good news. We pray this in Jesus' name.